it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Business Beauty Network is now on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Biz Beauty Network. We plan to bring some awesome content along with bonus episodes and our weekly podcast episodes to the Biz Beauty Network YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. I am super, super excited to share today's episode with you. But before we get into that, make sure that you are subscribed to the Business Beauty Network podcast wherever you're listening. It's totally free, so hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss an upload. We are also on YouTube, so some of the episodes are streamed live on YouTube, so connect with us there at Biz Beauty Network, and sharing is caring, so don't forget to share your favorite episodes with someone who you feel will benefit from this awesome content. Now that all of that is out of the way, I had a great conversation with Maya Hedquist. Maya is a stylist and a coach, and we are so like-minded. I felt like I was talking to, you know, a friend who I had known for years, and I really enjoyed just learning more about Mariah's journey and how she's coaching her clients as well. We talked about so many things that can help you with your business as far as like marketing, Um, raising your prices, creating systems, setting boundaries, all of those things. But we had a great conversation about what it really takes to run a successful beauty business. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. And let me know too, if you like the shop talk style episodes, because I'm thinking about bringing it back. I looked at some of the past year's episodes and the shop talk episodes seem to perform well. So let me know if that's something you would like to hear more on the podcast. You can email me at hello at businessbeautynetwork.com, or you can just connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor. Brandy is with an I. So let's connect, follow me, DM me, share your favorite episodes and the stories. I want to connect and hear from you there. Now that all of that is out of the way, let's get into today's episode. Mariah Headquest is a sweet stylist, coach, and director of education for the U.S. divisions of the Italian beauty brand Cayman. She is driven by the desire to help hairstylists everywhere work in a way that promotes sustainability and longevity in their careers. Mariah believes that the healthiest businesses are the result of clean, simple systems. She works with stylists to adopt simplicity as a lifestyle to bring balance to their personal and professional lives. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, 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 welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Mariah Headquest. Welcome, Mariah. Hi, I am so excited to be here. I'm trying to like control my hand movements. I got all this loud jewelry on, but I'm a very exuberant, expressive person. I'm so I'm so excited to be here with you today, Brandy. I'm super excited to have you. So before we learn more about you and all the awesome things you're doing with your business, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh, that's a good question. Something about me that most people would not know. Um, well, okay. So for as extravagant, extravagant, extroverted, that's the word I was looking for as extroverted and outgoing and people-y as I am, I really do enjoy alone time and quiet time. And I spend more time than you would think by myself and in silence, despite how not silent I actually am. And it helps me to just, I I appreciate those just like quiet moments, like maybe walking outside or just kind of, I'll drive home from the salon in complete silence to just chill and kind of recalibrate and just like take in, take in the day. So um, yeah, I'm a very expressive person, very bubbly, but I spend a lot more time quiet and in silence than people might think. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I think I'm getting to the point where I need that more because I'm an extrovert as well, but I'm realizing that I need that me time, that quiet time as well. So I'm tapping into that more these days for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But thanks for sharing 
Yeah, Mariah. So tell us your beauty story. Like, how did you get into this industry? Man, okay. So I started really at the age of 16. Um, when I was 15, I was a sophomore in high school and they had a co-op program. Um, ours was called OTC, shout out OSTC, Northeast Pontiac, Michigan. Um, <laughs> and I just knew for a long time, I remember as early as elementary school saying I was going to go to cosmetology school and do hair. And then I was going to go to college. And um, my original plan was to do it college first, then beauty school and ended up working out the other way around. Um, completed my license and state board shortly after graduating high school. And then I moved from my hometown about an hour away, got my first salon job. I say they, they really raised me and helped me establish myself um, in the industry. Super grateful for that family, still connected to them to this day. And that is really where I had my uh, most hard knocks, like just of learning the industry. I was a teenager, early 20s. I was also going to college at the same time, had no clue what I was doing. I was just having fun. And um, that was that was the bulk of my experience. I graduated, got a degree in business with a specialty in finance. Um, and then, of course, as I'm maturing and getting a little bit older, deciding where I want to settle down and kind of establish myself. I felt it would be best to move back to my hometown and have, have some more opportunity this way. So I did that and I got a, um, I interviewed at a salon that was just opening and um, I worked there for the, the last seven or eight years roundabout there. Almost, it was almost eight. And then um, in October of last year, moved out on my own. And um, now I am a salon suite owner coming up on one year of, of the independence. Super excited about that. And also in the interim of all of that, I became an educator in 2017 for an international beauty brand, worked my way through that entire education program, then became the director of that education program. And I learned so much about myself, about the actual technical skill, the skill of hair coloring and, and the um, like hairstylists and coaching and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've had some experiences in a, in a lot of different facets of the industry. And um, now I am focusing on the education and the coaching as well as working behind the chair three days a week. Okay. So what now that you're, you know, you coming up on a year and um sweet on your own now. Now what's your specialty? What do you specialize in? Color. Color and color corrections and blonding. Okay. Okay. So you're a colorist. Mm -hmm. And so that's interesting. Now what has been the biggest lesson you've learned since you've been on your own? in this last year? Ooh, the biggest lesson that I've learned on my own. Um, well, I think I, I've always had respect for my salon owners, despite whatever um, differences and ideas that we may have had, just respect for that role and a con conceptually understanding the demand of like, you have salon employees, you have customers, you have your own personal like self to to take care of and think about and consider. But I feel like now moving independent and being the one responsible for all of those things, having that full immersive experience, of course, to a smaller scale, because it's just me. And at this point, I don't have any employees. Um, but, but having that understanding um, and almost like deeper lay layer of empathy for that role of being the one that's calling the shots in the business and everything kind of like landing on your shoulders, um, feeling the full breadth of that and, and seeing, I believed that the disciplines were important and having structure and having all these things. But now I'm really realizing the importance and necessity of those things and, and making sure that as a business owner, there is time allocated and prioritized for that because at the end of the day, that's going to affect and determine the customer experience and ultimately your experience. Mm -hmm. So was it in the beginning, 
going from like a salon where I'm assuming you had a clientele there and maybe they provided clients or however that worked to your own suite where and now you have to market yourself, you have to book your own clients. Um, what was that transition like for you? Yes. Oh my goodness. So that was a really big aha moment for me. Um, I am extremely grateful that I want to say maybe 90, 90% of my clientele followed me, which is, you know, relatively, that's, that's good. a good number. That's a good number. Um, and so I was grateful for that, but then I got to see how much of the marketing piece and business building piece that the salon was doing for me and realizing that like, oh, I don't really have a strategy in place for this or like this is really necessary, which is of course, you know, I know that's your jam, Brandy. <laughs> um, but just seeing that, that, that there needs to be a plan for bringing them in and not just oh, I'm going to bring them in so that my books are full and then I stop, but almost like that revolving because we the clients, they will come and they will go. They have circumstances of life. You know, they move, they, they make other, they choose other professionals and whatever and what have you. So seeing that necessity of the marketing component of what's the strategy for bringing people in and um, how are we, how is that evolving and, and staying in place over time? Um, Cause that one, that one did kind of hit me like, bam. <laughs> Like, wow, I don't. Right. Well, client retention and then like continuously attracting them. I think sometimes uh, beauty professionals realize, you know, fail to realize that you want to continuously put yourself in a position to attract clients. Because like you said, because things change in, in people's lives, people move away, circumstances change, maybe they find a new stylist, right? So you want to make sure that in order to be consistent, in order to be consistent in business, that you're consistent in marketing yourself and consistently bringing them in and having a plan to retain them some type of way. So um, how have you uh, worked on bringing more consistently bringing clients in and your retention? That's a good question as well. I have, um, I have dabbled in other, diff other things. I currently have a referral program set up um, because now I have a, a deeper understanding of the ideal client avatar or just like, who is the ideal client? Um, and not like the person that deserves to be in my chair. And I'm saying that for anyone who may believe that that's what ideal client means. No, no. It's who is the best fit for this business and for me, for where I am right now and what I, what I have the capacity and the bandwidth and the really the desire to offer, because what I do now is not what I was doing 10 years ago. And so having a clear understanding of who that is, what clients do I currently have that really fit that profile that, you know, um, inviting them into this referral program to continue to build the type of, of business um, that fits within that ideal client mold. And then I um, actually recently invested in a, uh, a social media course specifically for Instagram to refine some of my processes there. And so seeking out those resources as well to just help me with the things that I understand but need the I'm looking for the strategy and the structure for rather than spending my time trying to figure it out make the investment get the wisdom and the knowledge from somebody who's already put it together who can help me create the result that I'm looking for yes I think that is awesome so before the interview we were talking about um, like some of the changes that you made and shifts you made as you become independent and made some shifts in your business and we, you talked about self-leadership and you changed a lot of things about yourself and you worked on you. So what were some of the things you did to like work on yourself and change your overall life and business? Um, I think the biggest thing was establishing boundaries. Boundaries really like you like to think of them as boundaries with the world around you and like externally. But what I find at the end of the day is it's less about saying no to them and more about saying no to you. Like when you want to say, yeah, I'll come in early on this day and yeah, I'll stay late on this day and da -da -da, uh, uh, saying no to yourself because listen, Mariah, you know that you have worked extra hours this week, or you know, you don't have the bandwidth for that, or you know that your, your back is injured or whatever, and you need a rest, but you keep saying yes. And so, you know, telling yourself like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, and learning how to like 
learning how to be okay with it, learning that that was actually a really good thing that when I honor those boundaries, again, it goes back to making the customer's experience even that much better because I know that I'm setting myself up to bring forward the best version of me when I step behind that chair every single time. The best version of me is not the one that is exhausted, that's burnt out, that's frustrated because I haven't been able to like uh, rest or see my husband or do any of the things that are fulfilling for me outside of work. And so, you know, I want, of course, to show up as my best and I want my clients to have the best experience of me. And so now the, the boundaries really helped me with that. Cause I used to say yes to everything. I would be in there all day, <laughs> all night on the weekends. Like there's a period of time I was working in leadership. I would take my work home with me. It was just, it was a hot mess because those boundaries did not exist um, whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, boundaries is a big thing. And sometimes people feel like if I say no, I'm going to miss out. So let me just get this money. And that's like that hustle mentality, right? Because mm-hmm. I've been there too. And so you don't want to miss any money. So you feel like, you know, let me just say yes to everything. I'm not trying to down nothing but my collar, right? Yes. But you get burnt out and tired and it trickles down to everything in your life. So you definitely have to have boundaries for sure for yourself and making sure that you can perform and you know, you know, how many clients that you could take in a day, you know that. So don't overextend yourself continuously and wonder why I'm so burnt out and tired and everything, because eventually that could have trickled down. I mean, I've seen some stylists kind of fall apart because they were just overworked, you know, and yes. tired. Yes. And their businesses began to fall off because their attitudes reflected the way they did their job was reflected in that. And all of it trickled down to everything and it affected everything in their life, including their business. So it's very important for us to put ourselves first and to take care of ourselves. So while we're talking about that, what are some other like self-care things and things that you did for yourself to help you be a better business owner and, uh, and perform better in what you do every day? Um, yes, I will say one of the greatest things that I ever did was investing in a mindset coach for myself at the beginning stages of my business. That is why I originally hired him was so I thought was to help me build my business. Um, but he really helped me build myself. He helped me to understand, to take a, a, a long sobering look at my decision-making process so that I could understand the why behind my behaviors. Like, why do I feel so pressured to say yes? Why am I coming to to work with this like scarcity mentality that all the only money that I have is the money that's here and I got to fight to keep it as grandma? Like understanding that part so that I could know myself on a deeper level so that I could know when I needed to take a break, when I needed to take a, a rest, um, when I could say yes, because sometimes I did have the capacity to work those extra um, hours and things like that. But it, it, it fluctuates, you know, just like your mood kind of undulates and goes up and down or whatever and what have you. We're not just robots and we don't do just everything one way. So learning how to assess and evaluate my own self so that I could make more conscious decisions about how I'm spending my time and how I'm behaving, I would say was one of the best self-care investments that I could have made because from there, it just helped me to see the value in taking care of myself. And then when I do take care of myself, I'm able to better serve and show up in every area of my life, but particularly in my business. Yes. Yes. I can see that for sure because it's all about your mindset, right? And I think sometimes when things are going well in any area of your life or your business you need to check like how am I thinking like what am I speaking what are you know and reevaluate some of those things and I think sometimes that's like the biggest piece of them all is just working on you first and once you get you together then all the other stuff will fall in line right absolutely absolutely because you take you everywhere that you go everything in your business especially when you work independent 
is a direct result of decisions that you've made. And I don't say that to, to shame anybody or make anyone feel bad. In fact, it's the opposite of when we can, as leaders, as business owners, as professionals, come to realize just how much influence we really truly do have on the trajectory of, of our own futures, but also in the lives of our clients, the way like just by virtue of me, um, making that investment in myself and like having conversation with them. Cause I'm candid and, you know, open with my clients. I don't, you know, not to the degree of like oversharing, but I'll tell them what's going on. I hired this person. We're working on these things that I'm modeling that for them. And who knows what inspiration they may draw or take away. Some do, some don't. I have some clients I know for a fact did when they said, Mariah, you told me that story. I watched you as a female pursuing your dreams. It inspired me to go out and pursue my dreams. So it just, learning how to think more broadly and expansively um, with, with that mindset, having a more uh, abundant mindset, it just spills over into so much more. And I'm really seeing that too, like the, the result of that in, a, in a, a really rich way now at this phase of my business. Mm-hmm. Now, how did like those shifts help you with your customer service experience? We talked about that and I know you learn some things and tweak some things. So kind of share that with us. Um, so I had an idea of what, what customer service was. What I thought it was, was like being available at all times, every time, whenever they need and just saying yes to everything. Cause you know, the customer is always right or whatever, whatever they say. Um, and then I realized, okay, I don't know who came up with that. <laughs> And I don't really know why we decided that that was the way because this isn't really working. Um, and, and my clients are very, uh, very good at calling me out on that type of stuff. Like if I've overbooked myself or if I'm tired, they're like, Mariah, you're tired today, aren't you? And I'm like, I can't stand when you guys do that. They know me just so well. So I realized like, okay, this methodology isn't working. Um, I got to change up some things. So then I just started to like, just pay attention. Like, well, when I, when I feel overwhelmed, overworked, what happened that week? What did I say yes to? What was I doing? And so then I just started to notice, okay, so um, this doesn't work for me. How can I tweak this? How can I adjust this? How can I kind of like um, set myself up for success kind of thing. So like just simple little things. I just started working within my hours. And if I made the decision to uh, work outside of those hours, um, I would always ask myself, why? Ryan, why do you feel like, like, why are you saying yes to this? Are you saying yes because you feel like you have to? Or are you saying yes because you want to? And, you know, just kind of like really becoming more present in the way that I was working rather than just working on autopilot that like, like you were talking about the hustle mentality. I'm here to just do this and get it done and, and get in and get out. Like Mm -hmm. just stepping back from that and becoming more present, just really simple things though. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just a slowing down slower, a slower pace. I think that answered the question. I might've went off on a tangent, but (laughs) I know you'll bring me back if I did. Yeah, yeah, no problem. But like, what were, I think customer service is something I want to tap in a little bit deeper because I find that I still hear a lot that, you know, stylists are unprofessional and, you know, and we lack customer service. And, and so many people, maybe just for the lack of knowledge, just don't know how to properly service their clients or provide excellent customer service. So, um, just kind of share some of the things that you do to elevate your customer experience. Sure. Um, so really I, my, what I do, my approach, I just draw from again, very basic. I treat people the way that I would want to be treated. And I, I am the type of person where my word is gold. If I tell you, I'm going to do something, you can count on me to do it. And if I can't, I will let you know, you know, I'm not. So with that, um, I show up my hours, you know, I keep my hours. I rarely change them, even though, you know, I'm independent. I have the flexibility to move around and do what I want, but I'm going to honor that time because I want them to honor my time. They've booked that appointment. And so I will work around that schedule. So that kind of like coming from a uh, commission salon where, you know, you have your set hours and that's when you work. 
Um, I held on to that structure and held on to that mentality when I became independent because that creates consistency for the clients. Because if they know this is where the hours are, I can go on the booker and schedule and that's what's there. It makes it easier for them to get their appointments on. It takes that guesswork out, no having to go back and forth like about, oh, well, I'm not gonna be there this day because I decided to mark it off early to go do whatever. You can change your schedule, of course, but consistency, so it makes an easier time for them. And when they have an easier time, I have an easier time. Because if they have a question, the only one they can ask is me. And I don't need people blowing up my phone at all hours of the night trying to get appointments because, you know, that's why I've set up that structure there. So that consistency in my booking hours and my time, um, I show up to work early so that I can get my space ready and prepared. I love everything to be nice and clean. I don't want them to have to step over a piece of trash on the sidewalk. I will pick it up because I'm thinking about all of that stuff from, from start to finish because I just want there to be a constant state of flow. So I go in early, sets me up for success so that I have ease when I'm behind the chair. The ease that I have translates over to them. So again, um, just going back to that intentionality and that presence, um, and then I have, I have, as far as communications, I have, um, my business hours and I communicate within those business hours, again, going back to that consistency so that they're not texting me at all hours of the night. They don't think I'm going to be texting them at all hours of the night, just keeping it, keeping it professional because mm -hmm. they are customers seeking out a professional to have a, uh, an investment really in themselves. I believe what we do. Um, skin, nails, hair is all investments in our own self-care or the client's own self-care. So just things like that um, to, to help me be prepared. The more prepared and calm I am, the more, um, the, 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 the easier flow we have during the service. Yeah, I think just those things alone can really make a difference. Um, because I can remember... You know, I would have, a, like, say if I would have a client meet me in my studio at 4 o'clock, yeah, me getting there at 3.50 is not going to work. I usually would like to get there an hour before at least because I need to make sure I can clean up. I need to prepare for the client to come. You know, and sometimes your client might come a few minutes early. You don't want to be coming in the same time your client's coming in, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So just, you know, those types of things, showing up a little earlier to properly prepare for the job is something that I think people can really take something from, as well as um, setting hours, just having set hours. Mm -hmm. Because like, if you think about it, like any, uh, like even Chick-fil-A, they close on Sunday. So you're not going to get you any Chick-fil-A on Sunday. And, you know, like there's a, a drugstore near me, it closes at 10. So I'm not going to be able to go at 11 to get anything. And I know that, right? And so I think once you set yourself up like a real professional business and people understand these are the hours, I work from this time to this time, from this day to this day, and this is when appointments are available, you don't have all of that extra things going on because your clients understand. So it's also about really you being professional. Once you step up your standards, your clients will fall in, in suit. They will fall and play in line with that. But I think sometimes if we're just freely letting people do Texas whenever, freely accepting appointments whenever. And like you said, just blocking off days because I can. Well, I don't have any appointments, so I guess I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> take two days mm -hmm. off and things like that. And then you wonder why your business isn't consistent. That's because you're not consistent with how you operate your business. But if you have set days that you work, set hours, you know, things like that, then, you know, it's, it just makes it more professional and easier and flows better. So I love those tips that you shared for sure. This episode is sponsored by Sterling Hair Solutions. Attention salon owners and hairstylists. The Sterling dryer is the first and only dryer designed specifically for hair extensions. The Sterling dryer cuts drying time in half by leaving your hair feeling soft and renewed. It's on wheels so you can quickly move it around your salon or suite. No more hand drying or hanging here under the hooded dryer or even putting it in the microwave to process color. This dryer will dry your extensions evenly, it holds multiple bundles, and it has a color processing tray. 
It also sanitizes the extensions. You can learn more about the Sterling Dryer at SterlingHairSolutions.com. That's SterlingHairSolutions.com. More information will be in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. And I want to highlight two points because you brought up Chick-fil-A. And so I don't want to <laughs> skip by this point of like, everybody knows Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. You know, you're not going to get Chick-fil-A on Sunday. And they're, I believe, uh, recently looking in terms of like fast food, the highest grossing fast food uh, company, like of all of them. And there are other ones that stay open 24 hours a day. Right. And so think about that. Like everybody listening, let that one sink in is just it's less about being available and more about that consistency, because also too, this is my second point from a human perspective and the way that our brain works, we like predictability. That's why stepping out of our comfort zone feels so scary because it's unpredictable. So that predictability of your schedule, that consistency of your schedule makes it so easy for them to make a decision that they will gravitate towards you versus playing this shell game and shuffle of making them um, kind of adjust to what you have going on. I understand that you have the freedom to do that, but I want to encourage to not do that because it, it makes a more difficult experience for them over time. They're just going to, they're going to say, well, I'll go over here with this person because I can, it, it's just easier for me to, to work with their schedule and adjust with their schedule. Um, so making it easy for them to say yes, inviting them into an experience. I believe that every single thing that I do in my business um, is part of what they're investing in. So I don't have this, I, the, the drama of like the price increases and them paying like, well, what are they paying for? Cause they're paying beyond what I'm doing with my hands. They're paying for all of this. And if they want, like, I can sit there and list down, here's why this is the way that this is. Cause this is how I work. This is the caliber of work that I do because I just believe that they're worth it and they deserve it. So I show up like that. And that's just my own, that's my own opinion and my own thought about the clients. Mm -hmm. um, but it helps me to continue to show up in that way. And then it translates over into the whole pricing thing. Cause we know that there's a lot of, there's drama around the, the pricing and like, you know, price charging your worth and all that stuff. Yeah, so I wanted to, I wanted to emphasize the, those two points. Yeah. We're going to get into that pricing in a moment. I want to definitely dive in there. Are there any particular systems or anything that you put in place that's really helped you in your business? Um, yes. So again, really simple. I do a lot of stuff. I would say I run my business really lean right now. When I say lean, I use a lot of free things <laughs> and I do a lot of, um, I invest more of my time in doing some of the functions myself at this current moment um, with the intention of getting a clearer picture of just how much does it cost me to run my business for a year? Um, and then looking from that point, what can I invest in for easier automation and moving forward? But as of right now, um, I use the software that I use is Vagaro and I, I think their, their software is great. I've used other ones in the past. What I like about Vagaro is I find it to be very user-friendly and it's a la carte. So they have their kind of base price and you get your point of sale, your booking, it'll do the um, email confirmations. And then you can add on any other functions that you want to make that automation even more seamless with their text marketing, um, their uh, forms. You can include all of your forms, any like uh, cancellation policies, salon policies, et cetera. Uh, new new client consultation forms. You can put those all in Vagaro. It's an upgrade for each little thing. But um, I use them. They help automate. And then anything outside of that, clients have access to booking their appointments online. My schedule is on there. They can shift and move things around at their leisure. If I need to make an adjustment, I will just reach out to them. Um, they can text me. Um, not They don't usually text me for appointments. They just will text me if they need to make an adjustment or if I need to make an adjustment for them for whatever service they've chosen, then I'll kind of shoot them a text real quick. Um, and outside of that, really simple, new clients, I have consultation forms and then I have my policies. They get a welcome email from me. I have it in my drafts. I use just a Gmail account. And within Gmail, you can set up your emails to like auto send. 
So if I see, you know, something come in, I'll draft an email on my admin day, have it auto uh, the date chosen for it to automatically send. And I just have a template, copy, paste, copy, paste, change the name and every, all the information is the same and then it goes out. So, you know, until such time that the software can do that for me or having a uh, Again, now you can automate that for sure, okay? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. All of that. <laughs> I so was like, yeah. But but I love that you even have that in place. You have an admin day, but I do. There are like low cost ways to automate that for sure. That's something that you can automate. But I think those are some great systems you have in place, and I, I appreciate your honesty about it. I know a lot of people are in that same place. Just trying to figure out like, you know, where they can afford to invest and what's going to make the best sense for them and their business. And uh, so thanks definitely for sharing that. So where I do want to talk about price increases and things like that, because every time I go to get something, the price is going up, girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everything is like when I go to the, I'm like, I'm like the last time. I'm like, I was telling my husband, like, oh, the eggs and all this stuff is higher than it was the last time we can get eggs and everything last month. Like, it's really went up. I noticed the price changes. Every time I go to the grocery store, uh, you know, the gas keeps fluctuating. It's gone down a little bit now, thank the Lord. But, you know, it's keeping yeah. <laughs> high. And um, so things are constantly increasing. But I, it's really hard for beauty professionals to increase their prices. And it's a, it's a touchy subject. And People don't know how to do it, what to charge and all of those things. But I do think that we do need to think about like um, increasing our prices right now when everything is going up for us. Like your products has gone up, even gloves and supplies, all of these things have increased in price. But I find that a lot of times beauty professionals are slow to increase their prices. They're afraid of losing clients and all of these things. So share like some of the things that you have experienced as you had to, I'm sure, increase your prices and things like that. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I have been there 100%. Um, and so I think when I was working in the commission salon, it kind of was one of those things where the, the salon owner was like, well, we're raising our prices and then that's just, you know, that's what we need to do. And so in my mind, I resolved, well, of course, this is your salon. I understand the thought process behind it. So let's just go ahead and do it and get it done. And so that was, you know, my experience there. And some people, um, I, you know, I can't even recall a moment where I had a client that was that upset about the prices going up, you know, maybe a little comment here and there and whatever, and it was fine. But I really, when I was setting up my pricing for my suite, now I have a very detailed spreadsheet of all of my costs, like how many gloves I use per service, how many foils, like all of the fine details down to the penny. And then I use that to generate the price point for my menu items. And so when I, when I was able to see that and look, and I like just having those details, that amount of detail, I resolved like, wow, yeah, this is, this is how much this has to be in order for me to have a business and be here. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm greedy and I'm trying to line my pockets with your money. It's, I want to offer these services and I want to be here to, for you to choose me as your service provider. But in order for me to be here, like this is where it has to be. Otherwise I won't have a business. Like my business will have to close because it's not sustainable because if you're not, and when I say sustainable, it's like, that's including your profit margin in there as well, because this is not a, this is not a nonprofit. This is not a volunteer. It's not a volunteer service. There's no shame in that. A lot of your, a lot of the clients, you know, they go to work and I would imagine that if their boss, when they said, Hey, Sally Sue, you know, come to work five days, but we're going to pay you for two Sally Sue, probably looking for a new job, you know, because it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And, um, so having that, those details, like that detailed overview of what it was costing me working in my profit margin. And then in the conversations with the clients, I think um, in, in the almost one year, I've had two price increases, one from my old salon to my new prices. And then one more that came from my distributor because my prices went up. And so I adjusted accordingly, which was so easy to do because of my spreadsheet. I just popped the new price in there and it generated me a new price point. Um, and so even with the conversations with my clients is like, 
I, un I understand like you have to make your own decisions about what fits in your budget and what doesn't, you know, we can have a conversation about what we need to adjust your frequency a visit the type of service that you're getting but ultimately at the end of the day. Yeah, I know you want me to do your hair. I want to do your hair too. And in order for me to be here. This is this is how my business is set up. Otherwise, it's just not sustainable. And and again, going back to the profit margin point, this is what I wanted to make and the point I wanted to make and why I brought it up is when you know in the back of your mind you're working, the work that we do is not um, quote unquote easy. It's physical, very physical labor, moving around, doing a lot of stuff. And when you're not when you're not setting yourself up to be compensated appropriately, you have opened the door for resentment in your business, for resentment with your clients. And even if it's subtle in the back of your mind and you think you're covering it up, it's going to show up in how you show up and it's going to make work feel like work. You're not going to have a good time. It's just, it makes everything harder. So when you set it at the right place, the right, the right price point where it makes sense, um, there will be people, this is a multi-billion dollar industry that we're in, you know, recession or not. And they, the projections are for, um, increase like 4% or something I remember hearing. But either way, um, there are people that are willing to make that investment in themselves. And I think, Brandy, like with you in marketing, how you're positioning yourself and positioning that message um, will bring those people in to you to that want to make that type of investment. But that's where going back to all those fine details of why I work the way that I work helps me rationalize that price point it's like no they're not just getting this service they're getting all of this everything i'm doing to make their experience easy and enjoyable yes and i love that you on you know you know your expenses what's going out what's coming in because you know like down to the gloves right what it costs to perform this service and understanding that your expenses and what it costs for you to perform a service that can help you to charge the right prices. I think being blind to that keeps people broke and struggling and resenting their clients because they don't even know what it costs for them to operate. Mm -hmm. So they're still charging $75. They've been charging for years and haven't increased their prices because they don't even know that piece. So I really thank you for sharing that. Like, just really understanding what it costs. I think that could change the game for people when you understand what it costs for you to be in business and to be profitable and all those things. And you understand those little pieces down to the gloves, to the products that you use and everything, then it can help you properly charge yourself. You, you, Cause I love that you base your prices off of that. So many people don't do that. They don't base their prices off of those things. And that's why we fall short and we're wondering why, because you know, th that's a part of business. It's yes. you know, operating in such an understanding your numbers. And when, when you know your numbers, then you can plan accordingly, you can charge properly. So I love those tips, Mariah, for sure. And talking about finances, um, this is the last thing, and definitely not the least important thing, is one of, one of the major important things. But I know you made some shifts in your overall finances and the way you look at your finances and everything that really trickled down to your business. And you shared an awesome story with me earlier. So I want you to kind of share like, you know, what, what you did to really shift your finances and how you think about it and how that really changed for things for you. Yes. Um, I, okay. So I have adopted into my business, the same mentality that I have over my personal finances and um, long story short, I'll kind of summarize the story that I shared with you was there was a period of time, maybe seven-ish years ago, because I was newly married, and um, my husband and I, we, I was working behind the chair. He was working in a warehouse for a beauty distributor. Um, we had student loans. We had some wedding debt, some personal credit card debt, um, and I just felt like we were working our behinds off trying to get our heads above water and it seemed like there was what do they what do they say too much month left at the end of the money like just <laughs> what are we gonna do and I've always been a visionary and I've always had these big luscious dreams and I'm like I don't know how this is about to happen because we can't even like scrape two pennies together or whatever so I had this moment I'm literally laying on the living room floor like why what are we gonna do you know we're just gonna be broke forever and my husband 
my sweet husband, he's like, all right, let's make a plan. You know, we're just going to make a plan and we're going to work the plan. So at that time, I believe that in order to have sustainable finances or to live the life that I wanted to live, that we had to be making uh, exponentially larger sums of money. And that perspective always, it kept me feeling so small. Cause I was like, how are we going to do that? Like, I'd have to take on like double the clients or like work 15 hours. I don't understand how this is going to be. But I realized very quickly that it was less about what's coming in and more about what is going out or when the money comes into your hands, what are you doing with it? So with our plan, it, it basically, um, I don't want to use the word forced because forced is a harsh word. I'll say this. It invited me to take a closer look at my spending habits. And when I said yes to that invitation and took a look at what am I swiping that credit card? What am I, you know, little onesie twosie at Starbucks? Um, what am I just, you know, it, it made me, I began to reevaluate how I was spending my money. And just like with the, with the um, pricing sheet, when I looked at those fine details and I saw how much it cost me to live, I was able to recognize where the bleeds were and say, okay, look, no, I'm willing to sacrifice this for now, this Starbucks, this whatever in the interim, my shopping all the time uh, to pause on that so that I can plug up this hole so that I can get rid of this debt so that I can have more peace and so on. So just by building up that, that, that habit and sticking to it, my husband was in it with me. So when I'm crying on the floor, miserable saying like, oh, I don't want to do it. He's reminding me what we're doing it for. And so over time we were able to pay off. Um, I, I want to say the number was around 20 K in debt of personal debt and student loans. Um, we were able to purchase a new vehicle for him cash. We were able to get a vehicle for myself that is now completely paid off. We were able to invest in our retirement accounts for both of us. We were able to put six months of our expenses into a savings account and build up an emergency fund. We had a little buffer fund for like vacations or whatever. Um, and our, over that time period, our income did increase, but it was not like it was nothing like crazy, just like it, it went up, but it wasn't like it didn't go up 20K to pay off that 20K of debt. So it was more so about taking inventory of those habits. And so then because I had the discipline built and I had new habits built, I just poured those right over into my business. So I have a budget for my inventory. I don't just spend on whatever. Actually, the system that I use will generate me a budget price point based off of my sales for my week. So that's the number that I start with and I stick with that. And um, if I need to go above, uh, you know, because it's necessary, like for inventory purposes, then I will, but it gives me a better idea of like, okay, this is what's free to spend in here. This is what I can put into my savings account. This is what I'm paying myself. This is, I run my business like it's a business that pays employees that does other things, even if it's just me, because I'm in anticipation of doing those things. I have the disciplines and the habits now, and it helps me to uh, keep everything streamlined and smooth. So I know what's going on so that I don't find myself laying in the middle of the floor saying I'm going to be broke forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I had to do that as well. Um, I think I had a reality check, you know, like, so you're thinking like you can't afford X, Y, Z, but I could afford it if, like you said, I wasn't shopping as much, if I wasn't, you know, make, you know, eating as much, honestly, I was like, I have like food, like, you know, when you look at like your expenses, you're like, okay, that's a lot of food I be buying, like, wait a yes. minute. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, this is like, a food really card or a credit card? statement you spend most so I was like I spent most of my money on food and coffee this is not no we need to switch some things so I think so I think sometimes that is just like that simple thing just really understanding your spending habits and we you know what's going out you will realize like well if I cut this and maybe start cooking more or preparing what I've been trying to do is uh have a plan for our meals and everything. And so understanding like what we're going to eat every week and kind of try to plan that out. And we, I still eat out here and there, but not as much because I have a plan and that causes me not to spend as much money. 
because I know what I'm eating every day. Because I think sometimes when you're busy and everything, it could just be so easy just to pick this up, pick this up. And then before you know it, in addition to your regular grocery bill, you spend an extra $300 a month on picking things up here and there, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So really getting having a reality check. I love that with yourself and understanding Okay, what you're doing? Because I think that's what a lot of people don't do. You may have more money than you think you have if you like maybe cut that, like even those little bills, you know, I sometimes sign up for stuff. That $20 a month is, you know, you could be saving that $20 a month instead of letting them take that out of your account. You don't even use that, right? So just begin to understand, you know, what's going, what's coming in, what's going out and your spending habits, I think it changed the game for a lot of people. So the finance piece is really different. And that's interesting how you said y'all paid off 20,000 in debt, but it wasn't that you was necessarily making 20,000 more, but you were more conscious of what was coming in and what was going on. You had a plan. Like you said, your husband said, let's put a plan together. And I always say that because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. <laughs> you know, oh, so yeah. it's, it's the truth. We have to have a plan and, and we have to get real with ourselves and, and, you know, have a reality check sometimes and know that sometimes the reason why you can't afford that thing that you want is because of your spending habits. And if you have a plan for how you do your inventory instead of just buying, you know, things all the time, whenever, you know, <laughs> and just spending money out, out there, and not really, you know, having a plan for it, it can become a huge expense that it doesn't have to be. Because if you know, like at this, you know, I run out of this, I use about this much a month and you can kind of gauge. And I love that you have an app. Do you mind sharing the app that helps you with uh, knowing when you should replenish and all of that? Oh yeah. Okay. So I, the way that the, what, what I do for mine is I actually, it's just a spreadsheet. It's a document that I've created but there is a service that um, that it exists for beauty professionals. It's called Salon Scale, and um, you've heard of them, yeah. So they offer a really amazing service that that does literally what my spreadsheet does, but but it's automatic. And so rather than going through and actually setting up a sheet and doing that quote unquote tedious work, you can just plug in your costs for your developers for hair color. Um, for miscellaneous items such as foils, gloves, and it will do the same thing. And they have a digital Bluetooth scale that will um, will calculate how much product you're using and then generate you a price point. And so with that, within Salon Scale, they can also create an inventory order for you based off of your distributors and what you've used. So based off of that number, they'll put it together for you. Um, and so Salon Scale is a really amazing service company. Um, I have a promotional code I can share with everyone if that's fine to do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you sign up for an annual subscription, it is subscription based, but the code is Mariah 10, my first name, M-A-R-I-A-H 10. And that'll get you 10% off of an annual subscription um, with them. Their onboarding is phenomenal, very supportive. They can also talk about um, price points. The way that they do it is in like kind of like an hourly um, parts and labor. So your uh, labor cost, basically whatever your menu item is now, and then the parts portion would be the total that they generate for uh, your product costs. Add those two together. That's your service ticket. Give that to your client. Their philosophy is um, clients are kind of already used to this. Like if you go get your car service and maintenance, you always see the breakdown for parts and labor. So it's something that's already familiar for them and in a language that they can understand. So that is uh, a service that exists that is available that mirrors what um, the way that I had my business set up as well. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure I have that in the uh, show notes as well, but thanks so much for sharing. Well, right. It has been phenomenal having you on. One thing I wanted to tap into before we go, because I know you also educate and coach. So I want you to kind of share a little bit about what you do there and how did you transition into that? Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So coaching is, gosh, like what's coming up is I want to say like the love of my life, (laughs) the love of my professional life. No, I have just such a deep heart for helping humans, but helping beauty professionals. I transitioned actually into coaching because around year 10, um, after I had gotten into education, I started with them because I was at this point of having been in the industry for about a decade And if I'm going to be fully honest, I was starting to get bored. I didn't feel like I was challenged in the same way. And I was like, I have so many working years left in me. And I like, what am I going to do? Because I'm starting to feel kind of like, 
um, unfulfilled by just working behind the chair. So then I got into education, um, working for the color company and I loved it, hit the ground running, ate up everything in the program. Um, I got to have the learning experience of the, the nitty gritty technical color information, which changed the game for me behind the chair because I was able to have, I'll use the, the phrase more intelligent conversations with my clients about what I was doing to their hair. And so they loved it and because I loved it and I was teaching classes and ran through the whole education program then became the in, the director of education for them there. And in the interim, still trying to figure out, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to stay behind the chair? Do I not? That's when I started to explore coaching. And my thought process was I will go outside the industry because that'll be new. You know, I've worked within the industry for so long. I'll go out and work like with the general public. So I started off as a general life coach just coaching on any number of things. A lot of my clients were, were women with developing their self-confidence, their self-concept, just like showing up in the world, big visionaries, but like, how do I let it out? Cause I'm scared. That was, that was my uh, clientele there. And then as I began to develop in that business, I had this aha moment of like, I got to bring these skills back to the beauty industry because like, there's a there's such a wealth of the hard skill education and support like how to do the the hair how to do the makeup how to do the aesthetics and things like that but i wasn't seeing a lot of like but what about the human behind those things our mm -hmm. self concept our self worth the inner workings of our minds and all of that like as a whole not just as it pertains to business but as a whole like let's let's look at you because the you is the driver of your business. So that's where um, that kind of came to be. And um, so I'm working with coaching clients now. And I know that as I, I'm not going to work behind the chair for forever. And as I transition, that's going to be the direction that I transition more into is expanding there as I reduce my uh, behind the chair hours. When that will be, I do not know. It's not like it's happening tomorrow, but definitely, um, the intention is to continue to expand in that space and offer a wider portfolio. But as of this moment, I offer one-on-one -on -one support to my coaching clients. My packages are six month packages, of course, with the opportunity to re-up at the end of the six months. I love the six month, the six month to a year container because you can literally like the, the theme song of, of Fresh Prince is coming into my head. Like when my life got flipped and turned upside down, like you can literally flip your whole life around in that time frame, and that's why I love it because they come in with like this handful of goals. I'm like, yeah, that's not all you're about to walk away with. So get ready. It's, it's it was so transformational um, in my life when I went through a six month container that it was a no brainer for me to offer that um, as my package as well. So um, <clears throat> that is how I run the coaching business, and I'm glad that you brought it up because one concept I wanted to just just put out there so people could hear it in their ears, like all encompassing of everything we've been saying of my story and of the stories that you shared, is that when you learn to live your life on purpose, like everything that we've been talking about is like bringing intentionality and purpose to everything that you do every day of your life. That is the game changer. It even, it even changes the way we experience the flip side, what I call the flip side of the coin, like the not so fun parts of life that are inevitable that we'll all have to walk through at some point of time. The coin always flips back up, but there's that other side that comes. And when you are intentional and present and living your life on purpose, that's what coaching he's coaching with me, how <laughs> will help you to do. And I just find it brings such a richness and a vibrancy to the entire experience of life. And I love being able to bring that to this industry because for so long, it's just been like, just, just, we just haven't been taken care of in that way. And I'm so glad to see that, that becoming more prevalent and to be someone that offers that. Awesome. Well, Mariah, it has been phenomenal having you on a podcast and just learning more about you and all the awesome things you're doing within your business and the industry as a coach. Can you please share with us how everybody can connect with you? Absolutely. Um, my Instagram, that's where I spend most of my time on the internet is at underscore beauty and the brain. Feel free to message me about anything you've heard me share on here. If anything resonates with you, if you have any questions, if you want to look into coaching with me, I am here to support you. I am um, 
in terms of who I help specifically, uh, independent hairstylists that are struggling or experiencing burnout, overwhelm, wanting to develop client or wanting to develop boundaries with themselves and with their clients so they can be refreshed in their day to day, build a business that they love and show up as the best version of themselves every day behind the chair. If that is ringing your bells, I'm the coach for you. So get in the DMs and let's talk about it at underscore beauty and the brain. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. As always, stay great and we're out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.